1: This is going to be a two-part series with Bruce because it went a little long. and It wasn't supposed to be, but as expected, Bruce did not disappoint. He's just a legend and such an iconic figure in dentistry that uh, we really just didn't want to stop the, stop the uh, process. So, because of its length, we're going to break this up into two parts. But uh, but it's awesome. Make sure to make sure to get your pen and pencil out. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Today, we are excited to welcome back the legendary, the one and the only Bruce Baird. And uh, we've had Bruce on a while back. What was it, Craig? Probably three months ago, two months ago? Yeah, a little longer than that. And it was, and, and it, without fail, one of the, uh, the most popular podcasts we've had to date. And so we decided we'd double down on that and get him back on. And um, today, we're gonna kind of go a little bit more granular. We're gonna use his his, his power and his focus and his wisdom and distill it down to the top three things we think you need to double your production. Isn't that right, Craig? Yes, sir. So
0: so happy to have you here.
1: Craig has his pen and pencil ready, uh, Bruce, as he's going to be a a student, not only as am I. Craig, don't worry. Uh, But Bruce, welcome back, pal. Welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you, man. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm excited, to, uh, excited to talk about productivity, since that's kind of what my brain does. It thinks yeah. productivity all day, so it's, it's kind
1: of good. I remember, literally, I don't know if I gave this anecdotal story, but I remember the first time being exposed to you as a young pup. Um, I remember listening to you speaking, it was somewhere in, in Texas, I think. And I remember you talking about stuff, and I was like, what? How, how does someone do that much per hour? And you know, and yeah. it, it's like, there's no way this is scammy. And then you kind of broke it down. Like, you know, you're forgetting about all the occlusal, you know, this, I think the thing that stuck up in my head was like the, the lower, the incisal attrition that happens on people with wear and like just going in and doing six anterior, like rebuilds of that takes you an hour and you get to charge, you know, amazing stuff. And the patient thinks you're a hero. Like that was the one thing I the one takeaway. And I was like, holy
2: shit, you know,
1: we're <laughs> just like breaking out a Diagnodent, you know, and being like, Oh, there's an occlusal composite that takes five minutes to do.
2: That's right. That's you right. Know, so it's, not, it's funny, we you know, there's you know, people always want to know what's the magic formula for increasing productivity or doubling productivity. And I and I, I break it down into probably three and there there's some others, but probably three main areas. But there's no the thing to know is there's no silver bullet. I mean, we think, oh man, if we just if if we start doing well, nap surgery with a laser. We're going to immediately go to 9,000 an hour. Or if we start doing implants, we're going to start doing this. It really comes down to what are we doing per patient, you know, on a day-to-day basis. And if you want, and I, and I see this day in and day out, you know, working with dentists all over the country, but it's like, they don't, you know, their hygienist sees their new patients, which my recommendation is, hey, if you're going to be a a full service dentist that's gonna uh, be well-qualified, well-trained and know a lot of different things. I mean, you wanna see the patient first. You wanna get them, you go through their risk factors. And the comprehensive exam is to me, the number one thing to increase your productivity or to double it or triple it is doing a comprehensive exam. And and when you do a comprehensive exam, it's, it's actually fairly easy. Uh, you just ask permission, you know, now, if a patient comes in with a swollen front tooth or whatever, a toothache, that's not going to be your, that's your periodic oral exam or whatever. But when I'm talking about new patient coming in, how do I double my production? That's, I mean, that's how you do it is doing a good comprehensive exam. And I'll have people that come in and say, I'm really concerned about these three teeth. And I will always say, well, is it okay with me if I take a look around the mouth totally? And they, they go, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And I said, but I'm going to make sure that we take care of these three, obviously. And then all of a sudden, I go into my my new patient exam or my exam process, which is literally going through risk factors. The John Coyce's risk factors. You know, uh, you know, you know. Periodontal risk is always first. I tell the patient, if you have, uh, we're always going to check, make sure you have a good foundation and uh and then i tell them about their foundation and i said and then we look at decay or erosion cavities do you take meds you know they go oh yeah i take 50 meds i go yeah see there you go and so we go through that so it's a comprehensive exam and then bruce can
1: i interject something here how long does it take you obviously you've done a million comprehensives at this point in your career and you've dialed it down distilled it down gotten it perfected how long do you think it takes you on average to do
2: that 20 minutes 20. 20 minutes, no matter how complex the case is. Yeah, that it, is there, good there, intel. There's two types of people, though. There's engineers and there's non-engineers. Right. You know, the old engineer. You know, I may, I may say, you know what? You know, let's do this. Let's get some models of your teeth. Let me study your case, and let's get you back in. Mm-hmm. That patient's asking every question on the book. So yeah, <laughs> there's some times where you just have to, this person's not going to be able to pull the trigger unless unless they have all the info. Mm-hmm. Whereas 80% of your patients, they just, I mean, they just, if they like you, they're going to do the work. Right. Because they trust you. can find a way it. for them to do it and find a way for them to afford it. Uh, it really comes down to uh, the comprehensive exam and likability. You know, if uh, I used to tell one of my associates, I said, dude, man, just smile. Yeah. And you, and you're so serious, man. I wouldn't buy nothing from you. I mean, this is freaking. you, you kind of like, yeah, okay, well, let's look. And it's like, you're, I don't know. I, I want to be... Is- a- yeah, oh, what happened to that associate?
0: Did he, did he last?
2: No, no, no. He's, buddy. Uh, I'm sure he's doing well somewhere else. So that
0: that was. How, how long did he last in your office?
2: He was there for probably uh, a year, you know, year and a half, and then went. It's to, interesting. It. Sorry. Go ahead. No, he then he went and opened up his own practice, and I've I've had a few of those that come in, and I tell them, you know, just you know, learn to communicate, match and mirror, go through, you know, learn some neuro-linguistic programming. There you go. Look, you know, there's plenty of books out there you can read.
1: Craig and I talk about that all the time of like people say like, what do I need to do? And like, you know, you need to go learn public speaking. You need to go NLP. You need to learn body language. You need to be able to like, just like you said, you identified with this, you had enough self-awareness to identify this person's an engineer. This person's, you know, happy go lucky. This person, like you can, you can curate your presentation. And the best dentists do that.
0: They do. I, I wanna I wanna just put a small pin in this right now because Bruce is such between the three of us, we have so much experience with associates and you know, everybody looks at I think the average dentist that bringing in an associate really over values the clinical skill set that they have, the training, the courses they've gone to, and undervalues mm-hmm. the emotional intelligence and communication skills. And we all know you could be phenomenal. You could literally be John Coyce yeah. and you could completely nosedive if you don't have that communication skills so my my question to you bruce is when you've met those doctors that have worked with you and they it, it's more of a communication slash character thing have you recalled that being have you recalled a specific instance where you were able to successfully
2: groom that person and make them better and have them yeah, are you born
1: with, it, you with it, it, or it, it or is it learned can you can you yeah. can you, you groom someone
2: you can absolutely learn it i mean yeah. there's no question about it uh you know it's kind of like saying that uh you know it's a one-act play to me i mean you just change the you change the lines and, like and so that. i'm gonna get on and i'm gonna i'm doing a one-act play to an engineer now i'm doing a one-act <laughs> play to person now good, i may be i may be somebody who is much more like uh an engineer as a dentist you know so i can talk to people in engineer language i didn't know i could but uh I can't, you know. And I I get frustrated with because we opened up and had a jillion new patients and we were right down the road from a nuclear power plant with a bunch of engineers. Right. And they're asking the molecular structure of titanium. And I'm going, dude, it doesn't make a damn bit of difference, you know. These <laughs> things, you know? And, and they would be like, Oh, well, and and but I had to learn. I had to learn to speak engineer. And then I also but the problem is you've got eighty percent of the dentists out there that are engineers. I mean, we that's the way we go to dental school and no every step has to be done perfect and
1: bruce would you would you also agree that sorry to interject but would you also agree that dentists when they get uncomfortable their default is to go technical
2: oh absolutely. yeah oh my god that's where they're comfortable that's yeah kind of, that's kind of like ask any dentist and and we're all the same i'm most comfortable in the operatory no mm. question. that's where I'm, I'm comfortable in the op but that's the least comfortable place for a patient mm. uh, it's it's why when a dentist is walking down the hall and a patient Meet you in the hallway, and the dentist will go. Oh, hey, how are you? Good to see. you. And they back against the wall because <laughs> they're freaking out because they know the patient in the office, yeah, but they don't know him in the hallway. So pretty sad. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: it's like, wait, yeah.
0: what
1: are you doing out of your habitat? Are you, yeah,
0: patients right. will say to me all the time, like, God damn, you're tall. I'm like, they've never. I'm six foot five, but they never saw me like outside the chair. Like I'm only. 14 inches taller than them in the chair
2: that's exactly right that's exactly right but yeah so wait could
1: this be number one then I know we just like rambled right into this but is this could this be like your top one your number one um,
2: there's no question if you can learn to communicate you're gonna increase productivity as long as you're doing a comprehensive exam okay you know, if you're just looking in the mouth and saying and we've been groomed as dental as dentists across the country by insurance companies to think that, well, they're only gonna do one crown at a time. And and truth is 95 crowns out of hundred are done one crown at a time now in the US. Why? Because tell them they need four. They ask, your, they ask you, well, my insurance coverage, you say they'll cover a portion of it. And then your team comes in and says your portion is gonna be 3,500. They go, well, I can't afford that. And then, so now we get groomed into just, after you've been turned down for four crowns or five crowns or whatever it is, a more full exam, all of a sudden, you just come in for every new patient. You're just going like, you know, this is the worst. Let's keep an eye on these, and let's do number nineteen. And that's your lower left molar. And I'm going to tell you all about, you know, how the nerve goes into it. And I'm going to bore the shit out of you until finally, you're, you know, you're going to do it, or you're going to leave. Or I'm talk- going to
1: untalk you out of what you already agreed. You said you'd do. That's right. Yeah. That's
2: right. And I'm, I'm a <laughs> prime example. I'm a prime example. Of this. go, I go to a car dealer, and and you know if the car guy said just sit down i just know where the gas goes and i know how to start it and i know how to drive it and i love cars but i'm not into the you know the engine or anything. and the guy gets he you know opens up the engine and starts telling me now see that mercedes doesn't have this and this is the only car that has that pretty soon i figure i am so freaking stupid about this i can't make a eighty thousand, hundred thousand dollar 100 dollars decision so i go let me think about it let me go go home what's well, the same thing when you're doing comprehensive dentistry when you start explaining all this sh- crap unless it's an engineer unless or it's pilot. An engineer exactly yeah, yeah. unless it's an engineer or pilot you're you're going to be fine there but with the average person if they like you they're going to you know they, they're going to say yeah let's do it yeah,
1: yeah. show the problem no. show the benefit and then shut the hell up
2: that's right you know that, i like I, so, I, so, verbal so, robbins talks, tony robbins talks about verbal vomit you know you just keep talking 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 the patient glazes over and pretty soon you're you're done i mean now it's usually what you do is you you you, you go to the, the smallest common denominator. Let's get your teeth clean. And then after that, we'll get back and we'll take a look at things because you just want to get the hell out of the room because, you know, you've just puked all over.
1: That's the layout, so, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, do you you grew up in the era and I don't hear about it much anymore, but I grew up in kind of the Paul Homily era. So I'm looking for sources or resources that you could recommend to those of us who need a little bit more help. Um yeah. And i remember paul being awesome and i don't hear about him much anymore i don't know what he's doing maybe he's enjoying his time on the beach um with the corona but yeah. he was a master at his verbiage and just like training dentist and such um so do you have any one that you would recommend some of our listeners kind of uh either read book or listen or watch youtube or whatever
2: you know i know i know chris phelps does a lot of a lot of stuff on you know uh nlp influence and and uh and so i think he is good i mean paul's still out there and i learned A ton from Paul back, you know. Paul and I have known each other for thirty-five years, so Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I I learned a a bunch from him. Me too. Uh, There's, you know, I know uh, at Productive Dentist we teach. That's one of the things we teach communication skills. It's it actually is one of the probably the most important things that we teach. We actually spend a couple of hours. Uh, actually role-playing and going through with the doctors. Yeah,
1: I know Vicki really loves that stuff too, you know, I mean, as you do, right? And so she's a master as well.
2: She is, she is. And so those, I mean, and pick up books and start reading. Mm-hmm. That's what I did back in 84, 85, because I couldn't communicate with these engineers. And so I started becoming an engineer when it was an engineer and I started, I was more myself when I wasn't. So it was, it was easy, but those, it's out there, Yeah, there are books on NLP
1: yeah cialdini are you a fan of cialdini i know chris phelps is okay yeah that's a great that's a great author to check out all right let's pivot greg what would you guess number two would be greg um not to steal bruce's thunder at all but i'm well i'm gonna have to
0: i'm gonna have to say that listen there's i always know the trifecta you need to have good hand skills you got to get people to like you, and you got to see the problem. The diag- So I'm going to say diagnosis, seeing the big picture, seeing seeing more than just the tooth, seeing the mouth.
2: There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's it's funny. We go through our exam process, and for the first, when we're going through risk factors, we're not going through the teeth individually. We're going through the entire mouth, and coming up with their periodontal risk, their you know their decay risk, and we're finding out, hey, you're on nine different meds that that steers my that steers my treatment plan. And so if I'm sitting here and I have a uh I have a patient who gosh comes in, they've got a mouthful of of stuff that needs to be done. I mean a mouthful. And because uh, I I market it to train wrecks. I mean that's who I want to come in my office. I want train wrecks coming in. I don't want mom and dad with three kids. It's just not the kind of practice I have because that's not what I do. Uh, but I have that patient come in and I tell them and I, I use this this line a lot uh, almost every single patient I go you know you're kind of at a why in the road you know and I point this like oh, you're at a why in the road if you go this way well you're, you're not going to have teeth it's pretty much straightforward you know you're drinking Mountain Dew all day long and and you know what God gave you didn't work and so my suggestion if you're going to continue to drink it is let's find some implant related treatment with uh something that's not gonna decay. So if you spend your money, what I don't want you to do is waste money in our office. And I said, but now if you wanna quit drinking that stuff and you promise yourself that you're gonna quit drinking it, don't, you don't have to promise me. But if, if, if you really say, I wanna keep my teeth, then you're gonna to have to start using carry free rinses. You're gonna to have to use maybe a fluoride appliance. You're gonna to have to stop drinking those drinks or what I do for you is going to fail a hundred percent. And it's going to go quick. That is so
0: important. That is so important. I hope everybody just let that sink in because I think one of the issues is that in dentistry, we identify with the problem in medicine. I always say this, that in medicine, it's like doctor talks to the patient, says, Joanne, you got cancer, you, you and cancer, I'm going to help you and I'm going to try to be cancer, but the cancer is yours. But in dentistry so often we're like, Diane, you got TMJ. I am going to fix your TMJ. I'm going to take it all away from you. You can't say that. TMJ is yeah. too multifactorial. There's so many facets to TMJ. You can't say things like that. So I love to, to when a person comes in and they're a train wreck, <clears throat> they got there. They told you it's because they had a baby. Baby yeah. took all my calcium away or, you know, <laughs> uh, I, you know, something happened. But you know that's just bullshit. They got there because of neglect. And dentistry is not expensive. Neglect is expensive. And it's going to get more expensive if you do all the work and they don't change the behavior. So if you don't tell them that why in the road and say, I can fix it, but if you don't change what got you here, all my stuff is going to fail. And you're going to be mad as hell at me in 10 years, but it's not my fault. It's going to be your fault. And they'll remember that conversation. But if you don't have that conversation in seven years, all your crowns failed. No, my crowns didn't break. They think that if you put a crown or something on the tooth that it's just they need less dentistry. I always tell them that if you get dentistry, you need more prevention right. The at least prevention you need is when you have your own teeth. But the minute I start doing dentistry on you, you need actually more.
1: I, I always give the analogy. I'm like, see this, this is my part. This is your part. If this fails and something under this fails, you know, it's not my, it's not the dentistry that fails. It was, it was the pen part. Right. Right? <laughs> I, have,
0: I have all, I have all caps. I don't need to go to the dentist
1: anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do I still, um, have you gotten that question? Do I still have to brush with all these?
2: <laughs> <laughs> now no. no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, right. Um, um, it, we, we see all kinds of stuff. So it's uh, obviously getting patients, getting patients to understand. One of the things we do, do at PDA, and actually the first hour when, I, when I'm lecturing is I have everybody in the room say together in unison, it's not our problem. And we go. It's not our problem. And I said, No, you got to really say it's not. So I got the whole room going. It's not our problem. And I go, Whose problem is it? And, I, and then they go, It's their problem. I go, Good. Now you're, you know, you're going to be a productive dentist now if you keep this up. So, uh, because if you take responsibility, and I did, I've obviously probably twenty years. I did too. I did too. I'd replace anything because I thought it was the mesial buckle margin I didn't have perfect. That's the reason it failed. No, it failed because they're drinking. Dr. Pepper all day long. It it had nothing to do with, you know, the margin. Of, full disclosure, Bruce. Dr. Pepper and Mountain Dew are sponsors of
0: our podcast.
2: Absolutely yeah. awesome. Yeah. Man.
0: I'm yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. We I'm, take but, no I'm, money. But they
2: pay thankful, really well. for both of those companies, actually. <laughs> I mean, people like it. That's fine. So go for it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm but, kidding. We take no money. That was so funny. I get, get the deal. We, well, I mean, we live 40 miles from Dublin, Texas, which is the original Dr. Pepper bottling plant. So it's, you know, we got pure sugar cane and they go, and I ask them, you know, I say, Hey, uh, how much Dr. Pepper do you drink? And they look at you like, like you're, you know, (laughs) How did you know that? Are you watching me? Whatever you're like, oh my God, he knows I drank Dr. Pepper. I go, yeah, well, how did you know? I said, well, your teeth are black. And, you know, they're, that, that's a dead giveaway. So it's, it's one of those things, you know, okay, there, there you have it. So,
1: Finally, the Bulletproof Practice Book is out on Amazon. Craig and I have distilled down our experiences in dentistry over the past 20 years in our true-to-form, unfiltered fashion that y'all have come to expect from our podcast We talk about our victories and our bruises, and it's 132 pages of vision, leadership, marketing, and even just life as a dentist, and it's meant to entertain you. So we hope you'll support us and grab a copy on Amazon today. Thanks, friends. So. So Bruce, do you have a structure? So you mentioned, I'm going to go back to the 20 minute exam you do. Do you have a, like, and I don't know if you said five, but like a five part kind of exam where you look at these five things or was, am I just dreaming that, that you said that last time? Um,
2: I, go, I go through a process where I, I basically, first I, I work on rapport, just asking the patient questions about where they live and how long they live there. And I find three things, what I call linking. I find three things to a chain that can't be broken. And what that means, I know you, you know me. Then I say, is it okay? I'd like to, I'm gonna take a look at your x-rays. And I always say the same thing. I say, you know, I could have 10 of my buddies come in here. We can give you 12 different opinions. And which means there's no one way of doing anything. And I want them to understand that. Because people- You say that at
1: every appointment, at every exam?
2: Every appointment.
0: I say- Ah. I I do too. I say that you ask 10 people what to do
2: here, you get 10 different answers. That's right. And so what I do then is I look at their x-rays, I've already been looking at them, smile and everything else. So I I pretty well know their risk factors. I lean them back. I look in their mouth, literally with a mirror. And then I go through the risk factors with them. The risk factors take three minutes to go through it but I go, does that make sense? Every time I go through that and they go, oh yeah, but I haven't looked at tooth. I haven't talked to summer. My assistant and said tooth number two needs this, three needs this. Well, I haven't done any of that. We may have a $20,000 treatment plan. We're not even to the point of talking about teeth yet. We're talking about, they've got, they do need LANAP surgery. They've got decay issue. They've got, you know, all these different things that are going on and that all leads to treatment. I set them up, I, I laid the patient back, look at their risk factors, set them up, talk about risk factors. And then I ask them, does this make sense? Every time they always go, why has anybody else ever talked to me about this? Because, and I I tell the patients a lot of times, not every time, but I'll say, you know, a better question to ask your dentist would be not, can you fix it? Because we're engineers, we're going to say, sure, we can fix it, or no, we can't. But a better question to ask a dentist is can you fix this tooth where it would last the rest of my life? Well, that's what caused it. Well, that's a whole different conversation. And now all of a sudden I'm going and I tell the patient and they go, yeah, why is no one else talk to me about this? And I don't throw anybody (laughs) under the bus. What I say is, you know what? We have learned so much in the last just few Mm -hmm. years. So I don't what anybody else does doesn't matter to me. I don't care. All I care about is guiding them today. And then what I'll do, is I literally will say, if it's okay with you, I'm just gonna lean you back again and I'm gonna call out some numbers and letters. Don't worry about it, we'll talk about it when we get done, but I'm just gonna talk about the teeth individually. The patient goes, oh yeah, so. And a lot of times they're, they're calling me by first name or okay, doc, or whatever, because we, we you know, linked and we know each other. And so I lean them back and I'll go, tooth number two, 14, whatever, those need all ceramic, which just means we're gonna make Emax yeah crowns on them i'll say modfls those are going to be onlays i say ols those are going to be composites and i i don't do them one two three i, I just call out they need these numbers with this these number you know these teeth are going to need modfls and these teeth are going to be ol's. And you're
1: calling that and your assistant is uh, assistant or hygienist is writing it down right Got so tell me the logic or tell me why the two-part meaning the two-part lay you down once yep put you back back up have rapport explanation lay you back down tell me tell me why you obviously learned that to be
2: effective can you elaborate it's actually massively effective for you know we've got probably 1500 to 1800 docs have been through pda what i found was by first of all rapport getting to know the patient then leaning them back and then leaning them up and talking about risk factors it gives them the thought process that, well, he's looked in my mouth. If I just went and started talking about risk factors without looking in the mouth, which I could, mm-hmm. all I got is look at the x-rays pretty much, look at their smile. Pictures, I can yeah. I tell you, you know, yeah, you got perio. Yeah, you got this. But I want to go through that little conversation. I've, I've actually looked at your x-rays. I've actually looked in your mouth. Let me talk about this conversation. It's about your problem, not mine. I don't say it that way, but go it's ahead. about what's going on in your mouth. It's about risk factors the risk factors are because how long do you had your teeth playing it's been 10 years okay well that's gonna cause problems and so I go through that and then I convert back now they are totally comfortable because no one has ever done an exam like this on them, ever. and so then I go all right let's do this let me just lean you back one more time and I'm just gonna go individual tooth by tooth and talk to summer and tell her one of the other things that I always do is when I finish I go do you have any questions you know and they'll say you know, no one's ever gone through stuff like this with me. I don't have any questions. I'm, I understand it. The thought is I want you to do it. Are you going to be doing all this work? Yep. I'm going to do it all. Okay. I just want to be sure. And then I said, let's do this. Uh, Cause everything comes down, you know, to time and money. I said, why don't, I'm going to have summer. She's been with me forever. She knows this stuff forward and back and she's just going to help you get this done. And that's the end of my deal. I walk out of the room. Now, one thing I do, go ahead. No, no, please. No, one thing I do, which, if it's a big case, like I'm going to say a big case is maybe more than 10,000. Okay. I'll say, Craig, I I know you probably already knew this, and I'm nodding. (laughs) And the patient always nods. I'm nodding with you right now, actually. And I say, I know you probably already knew this, but you probably have eighteen to $20,000 worth of damage in your mouth. And they're going to say one of three things. They're going to say, yeah, I knew it. You know? Uh, so that means let's get it done. They already knew they had a bunch. I'll have people say, well, yeah, I knew, but I didn't know I had that much. And I go, how much did you think you had? Oh, I thought maybe 10 or 12. I go, "Well, wow, we,
0: brilliant we, shit right here. It oh. really
2: is like, I this is
0: like, that. sorry, yeah. I, just, I, I tried to give you some, yeah, go ahead.
2: No, well, they'll say, they'll say, well, you know, I'll say, well, you can use that 12. We'll use that as a down payment. And then we, we've got convenient monthly payments. We can work the rest out. Or they'll say, oh, hell, there's no way. I got five kids in college. I mean, there's no way. Okay. Before I leave the room, well, let's come up with another one of those options. And yeah. so and I'll just very simply say, we're going to do, we, we got to get you in the perio first. We got to get you using carry free. We got to get you to stop drinking the sugars and let's do these three worst teeth. But I'm almost every patient does work. And that's why this past year, I mean, we we've been able to produce just under 4000 an hour, so it doesn't take. uh, That's that's a lot of dentistry, no question. But when you're doing it the way the way we're doing it, it just uh, it just makes sense.
0: Uh, There's a a couple things that I just want to jump in on. So what you've done by having that conversation, I love how you say you've got 18 to 20 thousand dollars worth of damage. Okay, so it's not dentistry. It's not you need to buy $20,000 worth of stuff. You've got this much damage. So it really, it, it's, a, it's a subtle nuance, but it really shifts the responsibility to them. They, oh, they have damage. And also what you've done is you've not allowed a treatment coordinator to get involved just yet. Because if you don't have that conversation, oh hell no way, I got five kids, I, I don't even have a grand. Imagine if they go to the treatment coordinator, the treatment coordinator is like just fumbling. The patients uh-huh. walking out the door, so you just let, you let Summer know, Hey, Summer, he said no issue, I figured as much, so just get the treatment plan going, or you just have so much intel intel there. The other thing I love too is early on you pointed out, I just want to reiterate these points because they're subtle and maybe people are, you know, not glazing over some of this. So that's one thing. The other thing is that you pointed out that, a lot of dentists were engineers, so we fixed shit. You got a broken 30, we fixed that. But if you start looking at the cause of the problem, now you get into comprehensive dentistry. You go from tooth to mouth. Right. So why did 30 break? Yes, it could have been the little pebble in the salad and that happens sometimes. But more often than not, dental disease is biomechanical. There's biology and mechanics. And if you fix just the biology or fix just the mechanics, it doesn't work. So when you can have the conversation of, yes, Mrs. Jones, a couple of teeth are broken here, but can I, can I talk to you about why this happened? Because Dr. Jones, he's a great guy down the street. I'm sure he, he meant really well when he fixed this two two years. ago and it broke again. You know, but he was, and you said, listen, we have a lot of, you, you're trying to skirt around. Why am I seeing it? Why the other guy not see it? Dr. Jones was just interested in fixing what he saw. But can I tell you what I'm seeing? Because there's a bigger cause to this. And doing the same thing over and over again, and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. So if you allow me to talk about the cause, and what's going on at the holistic level, we're going to get further ahead. And I think that's what allows the conversation of mouth dentistry versus single
2: tooth. It does. And I, to me, it's, it's a huge, it's, it's a huge part of being productive. It's a huge part because the most frustrating, and I think one of you guys mentioned it earlier is the most frustrating is having somebody who's been through all of COIS or been through all of Spear or LVI or Panky, or you know, I don't want to miss anybody, but I mean, they've been through all the courses and they're they're floundering. They, they, you know, and yeah. those are the ones I love to help because they already have all the skills. They just need somebody to dance with. And, you know, and and, and by learning to communicate, that does, I mean, that, to me, that, that makes the difference. That's but right. like, but also,
1: too, sorry, Craig, like, but, the, but having that global, that conversation of asking permission and having a global diagnostic conversation, right, as opposed to getting nervous and going for the layup, oh, oh that, that, cr- that tooth's broken, let me just get this crown on the schedule and leave the room, right. right? You are sticking in there and not only leaning them back once, but leaning them back twice and asking permission all along the way and building rapport, which that's like probably the most powerful 20-minute t- exam of comprehensive exam I've ever heard. Um, and and so i know i know i'm going back to the two times but because i because i'm just mesmerized by that and like obviously you have data on the the one-time lean back versus the two-time lean back kind of thing
2: we do we i mean from an increase in productivity we also have data on uh new patients going through hygiene first um i mean increase your productivity by 37 percent just by not having them go through hygiene uh we know that you're going to you're going to actually treat. Wow, uh, it's what we call three to one ratio. You're going to diagnose three times what you're actually going to do. So if I diagnose three hundred thousand in a month, next month I'm going to do a hundred thousand of it. I mean, are all patients accepting? What's your acceptance rate? That's the biggest farce in dentistry. What's your acceptance rate? Well, if you're only telling them they need one filling, then you, know, you have a hundred percent. Hundred percent. So going well it should be you know, what do you like to see your your team and your and your clients do I, it's, all, it's all about how much do I diagnose and I know I'm gonna do what I'm if I diagnose 300 I'm gonna do 100 next next month if I do 500 I'm gonna do you know whatever it is and I diagnose a lot of dentistry and I only see 20 new patients but you know 20 new patients time 20 grand each I mean I've got four hundred thousand dollars worth of treatment plans I know I'm gonna do 140 before I even start seeing my hygiene patients or anything else. So it's always, we, we track that. I mean, we track it every single month. Uh, Jeff, my partner last month diagnosed over a million dollars in dentistry and he saw like quite a few new patients. And I, I was like, whoa, you diagnosed a million dollars. That's crazy.
1: That's a cool metric. You know, and no one talks about this. So can I, can I want to put a pin? Yeah, I, that's important. I, I, I was just having a conversation. Everyone focuses on how much they produced or how much treatment was accepted, but like the real number, the real conversation would well, go, "How much did you diagnose and present?" Yeah. Like, you no, know, yeah. that'd yeah, be a cool. I was,
0: yeah, I was having a conversation with my docs. So, like, my acceptance went up from 30 to 36 percent. I'm like, yeah, but you presented in January 297 and in February presented 200, so you actually lost. That's right. So it doesn't matter. I'd rather you, I'd rather you get ten percent acceptance and diagnose three million than have ninety percent and and, and, and present um, you so know fifty thousand. But but I want to point out one just quick thing because I I'm sure some people are listening to this right now and saying, talking a lot about money, talking a lot about enrolling patients, and you know I'm not interested in money. I'm just interested in taking good care of my patients, and I want to challenge people because. We're we're all presuming. Listen, Bruce. I know I know you well enough to know you're an extremely ethical dentist. I know Pete the same. Um, I can speak on behalf of my team. We're we're doing what's right for people. Who wins when a patient gets the work they need done? Does is it really the doctor? The patient. And I want to check. It's the patient that wins. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're diagnosing MODS and inlays and crowns, we all know if they don't buy it now, even the person that can't afford all the the work. If they don't do it now, we've all seen patients that had you know, $2,500 worth of fillings to do or a couple crowns, saw them six, eight months, 10 months, a year later, and everything is totally fucked. Root canals, exos, implants. So it's like, you gotta get out of your head. This is not about you. It's not about you saying, I'm doing this much money. It's about who you serve. And money is just a lagging indicator of helping people.
2: It's a virtuous cycle. It's interesting, people ask me a lot. what. You know, if you have a dip in productivity, what things do you look at? You know, and I said, you know, it would be easy for me to say, well, I'd go to my team and say, all right, we need to get more crowns out of hygiene we need to get more of this, we need to do more of that and get all pissed off. And you know, like I used to do 25 years ago. And instead, when I wasn't diagnosing a lot and I was going, we need more production. Well, you need to diagnose more, but I'm sitting here and they said, what, what do I look at? Well, what I look at, do I remember the new patients I saw this week? Do I remember their names? Do I remember them? Do I remember the linking we did? Am I taking great care of it? And did I recommend to these patients exactly what I would have done in my own mouth? And if I can say yes to those, and if I can say no, and sometimes I will, I get on a roll and I'm just like, I think I don't have to do the layback. Uh, Summer, one of my assistants will say, you didn't do the risk factors with them. I go, yeah, I did. They go, no, you didn't and I was like uh okay and and she's right you know I think well anybody that I talk to is going to say yes and I quit doing the things that made people say yes and uh and so and, and a lot of that is getting to know the patient and doing those things so it's not about money it's always about it's always about relationship and, and it's uh, not about yourself it's about them yeah sorry is. Bruce I stepped on you no it Go is ahead. it is t- totally about them and if i just you know, and it's their problem. And I'm here as your consultant, I'm going to help you. You know, they say, well, I, you know, I don't, I rarely ever, I mean, I love second opinions. I, I saw a thread online that, Oh, these people were saying, Oh, charge them. You know, you're a dentist. People will, you know what? I, I'll do a second opinion at no charge. Come on in. I, I, I don't care if I take x-rays. I don't even take a, care if I take a scan, because if you give me an opportunity to link with a patient and get to know them and get to know our team and our office, they're gonna have it done in my office.
1: You're gonna win, right? And that's a winner's mentality though. Like, give me the shot and I'll and I'll and I'll I'll win. I, I love
2: that. And we're gonna be thirty percent more expensive than the last guy, which is the reason you left to have a second opinion. And that's okay. I mean patients go, Whoa, I didn't know you know, that somebody told them it was gonna be ten and they wanted to find out if, if you were gonna be eight and instead I'm fourteen, but they do it because now they understand why and you
1: created that value and that relationship.
2: Yeah. Exactly. So that's big.
1: All right. So, what would be what would be a third? You know, I always I always stay very tactical, Bruce. Very strategic. So, what would be the third? The third? The third thing that you see is as one of the top three reasons of how to double production from dentists that
2: you've seen. You have to make it affordable. You have to make it affordable. Now, what does affordable mean? People don't think this way. Uh, there's not. I mean, th- the financial arrangements that, that dentistry has had for the last thirty-nine years that I've been doing dentistry are the exact same, you know, it's cash up front with a discount, it's third-party financing, uh, we're gonna take a 10% haircut, or pay a third, a third, a third, half or half, you know, it it hasn't changed. And the consultants keep spewing this out because third-party financing has got them trained and they pay for them to go to all these nice meetings and they give them five grand for every meeting they do. And so they teach these people to say, Well, we have interest-free financing for 12 months. What you're doing is you're telling your patients who have money that you're going to take 10% off so that they can pay somebody else 10, uh, 12 months of interest-free financing. And I look at that and I go, that's the stupidest damn thing I've ever seen in my life.
0: I do it all the freaking time. Me too.
2: So, so, so stupid. But 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 we do it because we've been taught to do that. And our team has been taught by third party financing to use that as an option. And okay, it's an option. If you're a, if you're in practice, you need to have cash, but that's where making dentistry affordable, which most people in the United States, I mean, the average amount of money that's in the bank, they have 4,000 bucks. That's the average person. And you give them a $12,000 treatment plan. I mean, that's what they have in savings and Mm they are looking at you like you are nuts. Or they have uh, credit card debt, $18,750 going up by $250 every quarter. And now, uh, and, and so they're in debt. Uh, and the majority of people have a lot of debt and you're trying to tell them they need a lot of dentistry, but they've learned and they've been taught American way. If I could make monthly payments, the
1: monthly economy. Yeah. I
2: can, you know, most of us would not be driving the car we were driving. If they told me I'm going to, drive this, you know, Lexus LS 460 with all the gear on it. And it was going to cost me a hundred. And I say, well, you know, and I had to pay a hundred. I'd go, well, what else can we take off of it? All right. I might pay 70, but I'm not going to pay a hundred. Right. But if they told me it was going to be 1100 a month, I'm like, dude, bring it down, you know, just, I just trade cars every three years. I know I'm getting hosed on my lease. I don't worry about that.
1: And I, that thing it that meant that mentality, the car the car industry has figured it out. Like no one said at the core like, okay, it's 70 grand. How would you like to pay check or credit card? Right? Like they figured yeah. that out. Um, yeah. and our, I think our economy is going that way. That's why like SaaS products are, are have the multiple massive valuations cause they figured out like, don't charge this much for the software, just charge, you know, the monthly recurring, right? So we've, it's this monthly monthly subscription economy slash thing. And so dentistry hasn't figured that out, but, but uh, as well, um, sorry. I have
0: have something I just want to share. It's it's too good not to share. Imagine if you called up your your cable provider, said, Hey, you want HBO? Yeah. Yeah. You uh, let's do HBO. You want to add Showtime on that too? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Showtime. That'd be great all right, we got a package for you. It's $18,000. Well, what do you mean? Well, well it's a 10-year package. I mean, you know, it's going to be the next 10 years of cable. Because uh, if your cable bill is one fifty, and I know for many listening right now, that's actually low. But over 120 months, 10 years, your cables actually cost you 18000 If your dentistry only lasts 10 years, yeah. it would be less than your cable bill. If it just, if let's just say all those treatments you're talking about, the 12 and eight, say 18,000, it's going to be $18,000. I just want to let you know if you're, if you think your cable bill is going to stay the same for the next 10 years, probably not, but if, let's say it did. And your cable is going to cost you 18,000. Your haircuts going to be 12,000. Your, your wireless bill. People don't, yeah. the problem is, is dentistry should last for 10, 15 years, but we have to pay for it all today.
2: Yep. Yeah but yep.
0: they don't see the recurring cost in their life like that. But
2: no, I, I mean that's perfect. I love that. I so, love what are that.
1: the solutions to the way it's always been, then, Bruce? Like, I know,
2: yeah, well, talk to us about. Compassionate yeah. finance is uh, has been around now for eight years, and a company I started. And uh, we've done a quarter of a billion dollars in notes now for dentists. It's not our notes; we basically service the notes that the dentists have. So instead of taking ten percent off of people who could pay you anyway. Taking 10% off your treatment, you're making nine percent and nine point nine percent interest if you take our stuff off what 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 the company charges you, you're you're making three or four percent interest, but you're making ten extra. So you're making an extra thirteen percent on that money. So and if and the average across the nation for compassionate finance interest is about 13.9. So if you figure that you're making 7% interest plus not giving up 10, that's 17%. And that's yearly and it's, it's big money. It's the first time ever that a dentist has literally been able to do a million dollars worth of paper notes that are high value, short duration, and it's your note. And you can do a million dollars in two years. I mean, whereas dentists are wanting to spend thirty-five years in practice and forty years, and hoping that they can sell their practice for four hundred thousand, and that's their only retirement plan. I
1: they love this
2: to do the dentistry.
1: Everyone, that's going to do it for part one of the Bruce Barrett interview. I know you guys got tremendous value from it, and don't worry, we'll be posting part two next week. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. If you got any value or insight from today's episode, it massively helps us create awareness if you would take five seconds and leave us a review in iTunes. Also, stay in touch with our updates and such by just texting the word Bulletproof, all one word, to 345-345. We promise not to bombard you with spam texts or anything, but it will help update you on special opportunities for our listeners as well as even info on the upcoming Bulletproof Summit 2019. Again, that's the word Bulletproof to 345-345. Thanks so much, y'all. Have a great day.